Amen. Happy belated birthday, Sister Felicia. <laughs> good morning, New Life at Calvary. How is everybody today? It's good to see you guys out this morning. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Let's say it again. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Amen. We're going to come and give God praise. We're so glad to see everybody that's online with us, everybody that's in our church this morning. And before we begin, we're going to begin with prayer, okay? Lord, we just say thank you for bringing us to church this Sunday. Thank you, Lord, for giving us a mind to worship you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you are our provider, our friend, our way maker, God. And we just ask you right now to just come into our hearts, speak into our minds, and speak into our spirits, speak into our lives, God. We just say thank you, Lord, for the word today. We know that you have a word for us, God. We ask you to just come into our lives, Lord, today during the worship service, God. Let some be saved to God, um, saved today, God. We ask that you allow us to be seen um, in the church, in worship, uh, online. Maybe somebody needs to be um, hearing a word from you online on Facebook or uh, Roku or one of our apps, God. We just say thank you, Lord, that you are making a way out of no way. We say thank you, Lord, that you know how to speak to us, your people, Lord, and you know how to get words across. So we just say thank you, Lord. We ask you to bless this service, this day. God. We're praying for those that are still coming on in. We're praying for those that need to hear a word today. Lord, we ask you to bring them to be a part of our worship service today, whether it's inside the church or if it's online, God. We just say thank you for the worship. We ask you to enter our service with your Holy Spirit, God, as you do, God, because you make the worship service, Lord. You make the church, God, and we just say thank you for what you're doing in our lives today. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. So welcome again, everybody in church and everybody online. We are so glad to have you. If you are watching with us online, we just ask you to leave us a comment. You can check your attendance online by doing that. You can give us a like, a share. You can give us a comment in the about links on our app page. And we just want to know that you are listening, okay? We want to know who wants a prayer, who wants to share the word of God today. So is anybody in here ready for worship today? Anybody in here ready for a word today? Amen. So let's get on our feet if we're able. And we are going to sing at the cross. Wherever you are, we ask you to stand to your feet. Sacred head for such a 
Yeah. 
Y'all can put your hands together.
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise your name. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, this is the day. Let us go into prayer. Good morning, everyone. Before we begin our prayer, repeat after me. Good morning, Lord. What are your plans for us today? Good. Praise the Lord. I say that every morning so me and the Lord can get on the right path <laughs> together so we figure out how our day is going to go. So let's join our hearts in prayer. Oh, great and gracious God, we first of all give you thanks for your son, Jesus, Lord, who died for us, Lord, when uh, we were so undeserving, but your love just shows so much in that and his sacrifice for us. So we lift this day up to you, Lord. We uh, ask for your blessing on it, Lord. We lift up our uh, new life at Calvary. Oh, just the, the burdens that we have in our own hearts and in our own lives, Lord, we lift them up to you today. We lift up our all of us as covenant partners, Lord, to uh, just in, be with you every day, that you be in our lives every day, Lord. And we just thank you for that. We lift up any illnesses that are part of our covenant partners. I know every day you wake up with a new ache or... <laughs> something that happens and it's like gee where did that come from but when you have the lord in your life he'll get you through it even though it may be uh, painful and uncomfortable he will be there with you to get you through it lord so that you can just make it through your day we lift up our sick and shut-in lord who uh are just not feeling well have the same aches and pains that we do, Lord, but are in different facilities and at home. And we ask for your healing touch upon their bodies, their healing touch upon their minds and their souls so they can feel your presence each and every day, Lord. We ask for that. Lord, we lift up our pastors and the leaders of the church and just ask for your continued blessing on us, Lord, as we uh, go about the business of the church, and that we look forward to working with you in our midst at all times and helping us to make the right decisions in our lives, Lord. We lift up our country's leaders to you, Lord, and I pray every day that they will be gaining wisdom from you, Lord, that when a situation comes up, that they go to you and, and, and ask for your help, for your assistance, for your guidance, Lord. And the same we can do within our own lives is ask for wisdom every day, Lord, to make the right decisions that we have to make. We have to make decisions all the time, all the time during each and every day. But we want you to be there, Lord, to help us make the right one because we know you are just looking for uh, benefit for us, Lord, that you love us so much that you just want us to prosper. So we thank you, Lord, for your intervention in our lives and uh, we just pray that we need to make the changes within our own hearts Lord to uh, make the right decision in our lives and we 
I just ask prayer for the world, Lord. I was listening the other day that, you know, it's just not America that's in this, uh, you know, economic down. It's the whole world. The whole world is battling with their economics. The, the world is battling with the coronavirus and the, and the uh, other illnesses and, and war that's going on in these different countries. So we lift them up to you as well, Lord. And we just thank you for your presence there, for how the outcome will be victorious for us all. And we just wait and, and patiently wait for your return. We lift up our communities to you today, Lord, and just ask for a definite healing. There's just so much violence going on, Lord. We just ask for your intervention, Lord, that you just uh, just stop it, Lord, because it's just so disheartening when you hear about people being killed over senseless things and young children who are, you know, just innocent bystanders are being hurt and killed, Lord. So we just ask for your guidance there, for your intervention, for uh, just changing the hearts of those who are just missing out on the best thing for their lives, Lord, and just to temper our anger that you just see so much of in, in all of us, Lord. We just ask for your, your healing touch, your, your grace and your mercy. And Lord, we just thank you for providing us with another day. Helping us to, because we all force fall short of the glory of God. But the Lord is, is just so graceful in giving us all another day to do better, to try to be more like Jesus. And we need it every day, Lord, to get us through the day. And we lift up our families to you, Lord, and ask for your blessing upon them, especially those who don't know you, Lord. Help us to just lead our lives that will, you will shine through us, Lord, and let people see your glory and your majesty and especially your love for us, Lord. So this day, Lord, as we go about our day, we ask for your blessing of this uh, service today, our message by Pastor Antonia. And we just ask that uh, you continue to be with us, that you continue to love us, Lord, and that you continue to show us grace. And let help us to show how appreciative we are of everything that you do for us, Lord. So, Lord, as we go through this day, bless us all as individuals. Bless each and every family that's here today, Lord. And most of all, help us to be a blessing to someone else today. And we ask all these prayers in the mighty, mighty name of your son, Jesus. And all God's people said, amen and amen. Now let's go on to our purpose statement. Stand if you're able. So we can tell the world what our purpose is. In response to God's love, our purpose is to love others, teach the word of God, and reach the world for Christ. Therefore, as a covenant partner... I will invite others to come and join me in worship. I will be a part of a small group Bible fellowship to grow in Christ. I will serve in the ministry with my gifts and talents. I will do my part in faithfully giving my tithes and offerings 
to keep the ministry of Jesus Christ alive in the world. I will love all those who enter our doors and accept them in our midst. Amen. Amen. Good morning, brothers and sisters in Christ, my spiritual family. Praise the Lord this morning. Isn't he so good? Yes. Our word today is going to come from 2 Samuel 11, 1 through 14, and Matthew uh, chapter 1, verse 6. A word of God for the people of God. 2 Samuel, chapter 11, verse 1 through 14. In the spring, at the time when kings go off to war, David sent Joab out with the king's men and the whole Israelite army. They destroyed the Ammonites and besieged Rabbah, but David remained in Jerusalem. One evening, David got up from his bed and walked around on the roof of the palace. From the roof, he saw a woman bathing. The woman was very beautiful, and David sent someone to find out about her. The man said, she is Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam, and the wife of Uriah the Hittite. Then David sent messengers to get her. She came to him, and he slept with her. Now she was purifying herself from her monthly uncleanness. Then She went back home. The woman conceived and sent word to David, saying, I am pregnant. So David sent this word to Joab, send me Uriah the the Hittite. And Joab sent him to David. When Uriah came to him, David asked him how Joab was doing, how the soldiers were, and how the war was going. Then David said to Uriah, go down to your house and wash your feet. So Uriah left the palace, and a gift from the king was sent after him. But Uriah slept at the entrance to the palace with all his master's servants and did not go down to his house. David was told, Uriah did not go home. So he asked Uriah, haven't you just come from a military campaign? Why didn't you go home? Uriah said to David, the ark and Israel and Judah are staying in tents. And my commander, Joab, and my Lord's men are camped in the open country. How could I go to my house to eat and drink and make love to my wife? As surely as you live, I will not do such a thing. Then David said to him, stay here one more day. And tomorrow I will send you back. So Uriah remained in Jerusalem that day and the next. At David's invitation, he ate and drank with him. And David made him drunk. But in the evening, Uriah went out to sleep on his mat among his master's servants. He did not go home. In the morning, David wrote a letter to Joab and sent it with Uriah. In it, he wrote, 
Put Uriah out in front where the fighting is fiercest and then withdraw from him so he will be struck down and die. Wow. Matthew chapter 1 verse 6. And Jesse, the father of King David, David was the father of Solomon, whose mother had been Uriah's wife. Amen. May the Lord add a blessing to the hearing and the reading of his blessed word. Amen. Praise God. Thank you, Reginald, for that wonderful reading of our word. Praise God, saints. Can anyone tell me what time it is? It's offering time. And what do we say? Hallelujah. God is so good. Amen. And um, on this day, it is the first Sunday of August. Praise God. First Sunday of August 2022. And our special offering goes to support the work and the ministry of our deacons. And if you all know, the deacons have been busy, praise God. And so if we're able, we're asking that all will give to support the deacons. As our ushers come forward, let us bow our heads in prayer. Gracious and holy God, we thank you, Lord, for the ability to serve you, Lord, to glorify you, Lord, through our giving. We pray, Holy Spirit, that you will bless us and keep us. Help us to always be mindful that just like your eye is on the sparrow, your eye is always upon us, and we thank you. We pray, Holy Spirit, that you would bless these tithes and offerings, that they will be used for your church, your kingdom, your people, and that we would all be blessed, and that through you, Lord, through you, Lord, we would get the victory. We thank you and we honor you. In the mighty and holy name of Jesus Christ, we pray. And all God's people said... Amen and amen. For those who are, at, who are at home today, thank you again for joining us. We have several ways for you to participate in the offering today. You can go to nlac.tv and establish your website giving. For those that like to use Cash App, go ahead, put that dollar sign in, the number two in NLAC, and your offering comes right to us. For those that like to mail in or drop off your offering, our address is 2020 East 79th Street, Cleveland, Ohio, 44103. That address again is 2020 East 79th Street, Cleveland, Ohio, 44103. Thank you again, and God bless you. We will now be blessed in song by Pastor Antonia and our praise choir singing Safe in His Arms. Good morning, everybody.
Because the Lord is my shepherd, I have everything I need. He lets me rest in the meadows grass, and He leads me beside. And he helps me to do what honors him most. That's why I'm saved. That's why I'm saved. That's why I'm
thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm getting ready to lose my voice before I preach. Come on. Thank you, praise band. Thank you, praise team. Morning saints, the spirit of the Lord is in this place today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Get ready, get ready, get ready, and stay ready. Wrongs turn into rights is the name of the sermon today. So before we begin, let us go to God in prayer. Lord, we just say thank you for the scripture. Thank you for the words. Move us from where we are to where it is that you would have us to be. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. I got to find my second win. Praise God. <laughs> so today we're going to talk about get ready, stay ready. Wrongs turn into rights. Anybody ever felt like they've been wrong before? Just about everybody, right? Anybody ever felt like you've seen justice after a wrong? Have you ever seen something happen in your favor? It's ironic. Every time I ask that question, I always get the same answers. Yeah, I've been wrong. Yeah. But I ain't never seen no rights, though. Well, we all heard what goes around comes around, right? And we've seen some of those things when things go around, they come back around, don't they? Okay. So it does exist. When I think about justice, I think about Ahmad, um, Aubrey, and some of those people that were killed by police shootings and things like that. And where is the justice and the martyrs and things like that? But um, we are safe in God's arms, as we just said, as we just sang. And our wrongs do get turned into rights. Um, whether we are the ones that's doing the wrongs, amen, <laughs> or whether someone else is doing the wrongs to us. And we've seen those things go around. You know, how many times have you seen, like, uh, you did something wrong and you know you was wrong and that same thing came right back around to you or you somebody did you wrong and that same thing came right back around to them. So, you know, a lot of time God is in those details of that going around, okay? <clears throat> the scripture says um, um, that God is the one that gets the vengeance when we are wronged. So we're going to look at some characters today. We're going to look at Uriah the Hittite. Say Uriah the Hittite. And we're going to look at Bathsheba. Say Bathsheba. Uriah was a husband. He loved his wife. He was a great provider to his wife, Bathsheba. Bathsheba was beautiful. She was so beautiful, she even caught the eye of the king. Now, how many of you want to be beautiful like that? Amen. <laughs> Bathsheba was a daughter. She was a wife. She was faithful. She was beautiful. She was trustworthy. And she did what she was expected of her as an average Israelite woman. She served the Lord with gladness, and she was beautiful at the same time. A lot of us women can identify with that, right? Uriah was an elite soldier, a king, and I mean an army in David's, uh, King David's army. He was a soldier in the army. Uriah was faithful, a loyal servant, disciplined, trusting soldier, 
and he trusted his king. Now, how many men can say that? I'm a soldier wherever I'm at. I'm a soldier for my family, all right? I'm a soldier for the Lord. I'm trusting. I'm faithful. I, I can do, you know, I do all things with God, right? So a lot of us men can identify with Uriah and Bathsheba. But, somebody say but. All of this got Uriah murdered. And his wife went from being a first wife, Uriah's wife, to being David's eighth wife. Now, some of you may or may not know, a first wife is much better than being an eighth wife. You get more things for you and your children, right? More rights um, as a first wife versus an eighth wife. So they both, thank you very much, they both were, um, they both were done wrong. One second, please. So they both went backwards. Um, and Bathsheba was supposed to marry Uriah and have sons with him. She never had an opportunity to get, um, have children with her own husband um, as a first wife. So this is how it all happened. Let's put the uh, scriptures up on the screen from the Old Testament. So I got some highlights here. David um, was in his palace, at the palace, and one day... He, it was probably nighttime because he was on the rooftop. You know, nobody goes to the roof. You can go back to verse 3. One day he was on the rooftop. It was probably nighttime trying to get some air, and he saw Bathsheba taking a bath. Now, normally, I don't know about you all, but when I take a bath, I close the door, right? (laughs) I close the shower curtain, or I close the curtain, or the window, or something. I'm not going to just be out there, okay? But Bathsheba, she could be seen clearly from the roof of King David's palace. Now, this is a faithful Israelite, trustworthy, beautiful woman, right? But now she's doing some some scheming. It looks like she's doing some scheming, okay? Um, And then we have David, a man after God's own heart, sees, (laughs) that's what the scripture says, doesn't it? (laughs) He's a man after God's own heart. He sees Bathsheba. He immediately says, um, he immediately says, verse 3, um, who is that woman? And someone tells him, oh, that is the wife. Uh, that's Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam, and the wife of Uriah the Hittite. So he knows that she's married. Verse 4, what does she do next? What does he do next? He sent for her. And um, she came and got him. Now, when you're the king, you better do what the king says. I don't know if she was just trying to be slick or she just wanted to be noticed or whatever, but um, she had to go get summoned. Now, her husband wasn't there because he was off at war at this time. This is the springtime when normally when kings go off, kings go with their army, but David didn't go. He was at home with Bathsheba. So he slept with her and she went back home, verse 5, and then found out she was pregnant. Okay, now this is a man after God's own heart. And this is a faithful daughter and wife, Israelite woman, trustworthy, being unfaithful to her husband and to God. Come on, how many of you all that sometimes God's people will do some wrong sometimes? So, come on now, we ain't none of us in here perfect. <laughs> sometimes God's people does the wrong things, okay? So he found out she pregnant. Now what does she do? Now what do you do? What do you do when you mess up, when you have a big mess up? What do you do? 
when you mess up. You pray, okay? Anybody else? What do you do? You get scared, okay? Uh, that's the normal thing to do, right? <laughs> so sometimes you got to fix it, right? How do you fix it is the question, okay? Okay, what do y'all normally do? Hopefully y'all, hopefully the right thing y'all do is just right the wrongs and accept your part in the wrong, right? Uh, I don't know. A lot of us don't do that. <laughs> it sounds good on paper, but do you actually do it? Um, and so, uh, what happened? David tried to legitimize it and he made all these lies and the lies just kept getting progressively worse and worse. And you know, when you lie, you got to continue on with a lie. You got to remember what you said five seconds ago. And then when you get down the way, it's like, oh yeah, but I said this, but, oh, but I, I also said, oh, but you know, you got to keep remembering. You got to keep going on and on and on and on with the lie, right? You have to practice to be a liar. Amen. Amen. Amen, somebody. You have to practice lying to be a successful liar. But that's going down the wrong path, okay? So what happened in the scripture? Now let's go on to verse 6. So what does David do? David sent word to Joab, send me Uriah the Hittite. Now he is an elite person in the military. David takes one of his key people from war and brings him back to the palace, brings him back home. And he said, and send him to David. And Joab sent him to David. Okay. Uh, Uriah came to David. David asked how Joab was and how the soldiers were doing. You know, how's everything going? You know, how's the war going? Um, and then um, David said, you know what? Uriah, why don't you go on down to your house and uh, wash your feet? In other words, go ahead and be with your wife and go home. Because I want to make it look like you got your own wife pregnant, not me. <laughs> right? <laughs> Okay, so uh, Uriah left the palace that night, uh, and um, a gift was sent after him. Now, verse 9, but what did Uriah do? What was Uriah's action in verse 9? But Uriah slept at the entrance of the palace with all his master's servants and did not go down to his house. Interesting. Sometimes you have a plan and it don't work. Um, so what happened again? So David found out Uriah did not go home. And um, he said, why didn't you go home? Verse 11. And this is Uriah's answer in verse 11. The ark and Israel and Judah are staying in tents. And my commander and my Lord's men are camped in open country. How could I go to my house to eat and drink and make love to my wife? As surely as you live, I would not do such a thing. This should convict David. Why wasn't David convicted to be out there? Now, it says the ark, which is talking about the ark of the Lord. The spirit of God was in the ark of the Lord at that time, okay? The spirit of God was out in the tent. And they wanted the, the spirit of God to be back in Israel with them. But... Um, he felt like he, he didn't need to go. He wanted to be around on the palace with, you know, with Bathsheba. And Uriah, the faithful man, he said, I got to go back and fight for the Lord. I got to go back and fight with my commander and my, and my comrades. David didn't feel that kind of thing. He didn't feel the same way. Verse 12, what does it say in verse 12? Still scheming. Then David said to him, well, stay here one more day. And tomorrow I will send you back. 
So Uriah remained in Jerusalem that night and the next. Next. Verse 13. At David's invitation, he ate and drank with them. And David now, another scheme, tried to get him drunk, which he did get drunk. But in the evening, did Uriah go home? No, he did not go home. Okay, verse 14. In the morning, David found out he didn't go home. So what does he do? He wrote a letter to Joab to send it with Uriah. And the letter was actually about Uriah. That's kind of, that's kind of bad, I think. You know, I got something to tell your commander, but it's really about you. And you really don't know. Okay, verse 15. What's next? Okay. So, and then verse 15, it says, uh, in the letter, David says to Uriah, put him in the fiercest battle. And then when you guys are up there, I want you to just leave him, abandon him. So he set him up to get killed. One of his faithful men. And guess what happened, everybody? He died. He died. Thank you. You can take that down. He died. And when the morning was over, the, the period of mourning was over, guess what David did? He's still at it. He sent for Bathsheba and made Bathsheba his wife. But it was evil in the sight of the Lord. You know what? It's just so interesting when, how, when we have a problem. How do we handle the problem? We make a mistake, which we all do, Okay. Um, when we make a mistake, what do we do? Do we try to legitimize the mistake? Do you try to make up lies and keep going on and on and on and on with the lie? Or do you just say, okay, I'm going to just take some accountability for my mistakes and I'm going to solve this problem. I hope it's the second word. If not, make it the second one because I can tell you your life is going to go much easier because what ended up happening is a small little lie, a small little indiscretion turned out to be a really big thing and somebody died because of it. So um, Uriah had his integrity, but his integrity got him in trouble. Now, all of these wrongs, all of these wrongs, all of these wrongs. But how, Pastor Antonia, is this getting us ready for greatness? Well, I'm glad you asked. God takes our wrongs and turns them into his rights. Amen? God takes our wrongs and turns them into his rights. Uh, Romans 8.28 says, all things work together for the good of those that love the Lord. Right? I don't know. Some of y'all don't sound seasoned enough because some of y'all don't sound like y'all believe that one. When you go through a bad break, believe that God is up to something. Believe that God is with you. Um, and so even though David thought he was getting away with something, God sees and knows all. And everything done in the dark is going to come to the light and at the end of our lives, we're going to have to stand before God and give an account for our lives for everything that we have done. I want to be one of the people that say, I didn't do that many bad stuff. Lord, help me. Yeah, I tried. You know, I might have messed up, but I tried again in this area. You know, I just kept on moving forward. You know, I don't have to be perfect, but I'm moving forward in the right direction. Right? Right, man? So David made a big mistake, and he did not handle it the right way. Okay, so even though David thought he was getting away with something, God saw it. Nathan, the prophet, was sent to go talk to David now. And Nathan says, I want 
going to tell you a story about a rich man and a poor man. Rich man had all these flocks, all these herds, and this poor man just had one little lamb. And he loved that lamb, and he fed that lamb, and he slept with the lamb, and he just cared for it with all his heart. And then one day the rich man had a visitor, and you know what he did? He took the poor man's lamb and killed it and gave it to the visitor instead of using one of his own flocks. <laughs> David was so mad. Nathan said, you are the man. It's so interesting. It's so easy for us to point the fingers at somebody else's wrong when we can't point at ourselves for our own wrongs. David, a man after God's own heart, wouldn't even say that I was wrong. Amen, somebody. But Nathan had to come up to him and say, you are wrong. Now, there was judgment. Oh, yeah, there's a judgment. Everything has a price to pay. So what happened? Um, David said, oh, I have sinned. <laughs> he realized he sinned when he got confronted and when all his business got put out. And then, okay, Nathan said, okay, you're not going to die. But the child that Bathsheba was pregnant with, she, the baby will die. And David pleaded before the Lord, and the baby still died. Um, and Bathsheba was really sad, too. And he went and consoled her. But guess what? They got pregnant. And then they had Solomon. And God loves Solomon. Okay? So sometimes we feel like we've done wrong. We're feeling condemned. It doesn't mean that God hates you. It doesn't mean that God is going to shut you out forever. Sometimes you need to just admit the wrong. Okay? Take your neighbor, admit the wrong, and go to God. God is the one that's going to change us. God, you know, there will be a punishment sometime, but God is the one that's going to change our lives for the better. Um, so how is this getting ready for greatness? God turns the wrongs into rights. No, the baby did not deserve to die, but God took the baby's life. Uriah and the baby were done wrong, okay? They are an example of dying, doing nothing wrong, okay? But this is an example to Israel. It's preparation for the Israelites to understand their disloyalty. It's preparation for them to see that Jesus was going to be faithful. Jesus was going to be loyal. Jesus was going to be disciplined and would yet die for somebody else's sins, all of us. So this is an example. He is a foreshadow of Christ, okay? Uriah was not Jesus, but it prepares us for Jesus, okay? It's a clear picture of how when we're done wrong, um, what happens after that? You know, are we going to get restitution? And the answer is yes, okay? God is going to turn our wrongs into rights. So um, nobody wants a baby to die, but David and Bathsheba had a judgment, and the baby had to die because of their actions. Uh, but then David made a promise to Bathsheba. Now, there is no written record of the actual promise David made to Bathsheba. However, Nathan the prophet knew about this promise. And because Bathsheba was harmed too, after her husband was killed, her son would be king. The promise was that her son would be king. Now, in 1 Kings chapter 1, verse 11, Nathan remembers the promise. Now, it's not written down, but Nathan knows all about this promise. And when David is about to die, his son Adonijah puts himself on the throne as the king, right? And Nathan tells uh, Bathsheba, instructs her to tell King David, my lord, the king, did you not swear to me, your servant, 
Surely Solomon, your son, shall be king after me, and he will sit on my throne. So David made a promise. Okay, as my eighth wife, the eighth wife's child is not supposed to be the king. It's really who? It's the first wife, right? Adonijah probably was in line to be king, and he was probably mad. He probably heard about that promise to Solomon. So that's probably why he put himself on the throne in secret. But Nathan went and told Bathsheba what was about to go down. Now, y'all didn't know the Bible had so much drama to it. <sighs> so, <laughs> some of y'all watch The Real Housewives, you need to read the Bible. Praise God. <laughs> but God was the one that brought her and her son out better if that thing had never happened in the beginning. So, God righted Bathsheba's wrong. She might have been out there scheming. She might have been in the wrong. She should have been the eighth wife with no rights, not, not the right of a king. Um, but God brought her out much better. If that thing had not happened, we probably wouldn't even know who Uriah was. We probably know who Bathsheba was. We probably even know who Solomon was, Right? God brought them out so much better, and Solomon was one of the wisest kings that ever lived. God loves Solomon. Sometimes we go through a wrong, and we're wondering, where is God in this wrong? Hello? Don't you see me down here? Hello? Maybe I should go do this on my own. As you can see with David, when you do things on your own, sometimes you're making it worse. Oh, yeah, somebody know about that. When you try to get vindication on your own, you're making your situation a whole lot worse. The scripture says, vengeance is mine. God sees all, knows all, and he will bring the darkness to light. If you have been done wrong, know that God knows everything that's happened in your life. Now, Uriah didn't see vindication while he was alive, of course, because he died. He was murdered. But Uriah got vindication through the genealogy. Now, let's put up the New Testament scripture. Matthew chapter 1, it says, And Jesse, the father of King David, David was the father of Solomon, whose mother had been Uriah's wife. Now, wait a minute. What's happening in Matthew chapter 1? This is the genealogy of Jesus Christ. And who's mentioned in the genealogy of Jesus Christ? Uriah. Uriah's wife, too. So, all these negative things was getting worse and worse, more wrongs and more wrongs and more wrongs, but God is going to make some things go right in your favor. If, if you had not been wrong, you wouldn't see the double. If we had not seen the wrong, we wouldn't know who Uriah was. He is in the genealogy of Jesus Christ. God wants to make your name great. Come on, I received that one. God wants to make your name great. Hallelujah. God has something great for you. And he's going to vindicate you whether you know it or not. You don't have to understand everything. That's not for us to know. But you have to trust God that God is going to right your wrongs. Now, this scripture, Matthew chapter 1, is naming the patriarchs. But as you can see, there, there is a woman named the mother had been Uriah's wife. Well, actually, there are five women listed in the genealogy of Jesus Christ, and God vindicated all these women as well. Even women are vindicated. Amen. Somebody, um, we have Tamar, um, who Pastor Kelly talked about in the first um, sermon of the series, a widower. 
She was denied children, and both of her husbands were killed. Uh, God took both of her husbands (laughs) because they were evil, and um, she ended up being restored and had twins. Uh, Her uh, father-in-law didn't want to give her another son. The custom is if you're a widow, you have to marry the brother and have a child with the brother, but then the brothers kept dying, and so he didn't want to give him no more of her sons (laughs) because they just kept dying. And so finally, she ended up having a child with her father-in-law, and she ended up having twins. Um, Rahab, she was a prostitute in Jericho, but she ended up having, um, helping the Israelite spies um, take the city of Jericho. And her name was mentioned. She um, wasn't even a worshiper of God, but she decided to help the Israelites that day, and her name was in the genealogy. We have Ruth, who was a Moabitess. She didn't worship God either, but guess what? She took care of Naomi, and she pledged to serve the Lord, didn't she? And guess what? Now she's in the genealogy of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And then we also have Uriah, the wife of Uriah, Bathsheba. And then we also have Mary, the mother of Christ, who had a child without knowing the man, and Joseph was going to call off the wedding. And then the angel said, no, don't do it. She's telling the truth. You know, she really is pregnant with the Messiah. So all these women were vindicated. Praise God. All the women were vindicated. As well as Uriah, God has vindication for us too. Praise the Lord. If God can do it for them, why can't God do it for you? Think about one good time when God helped you out when you had been wronged. Know that God can do it again. God can do it today. Praise God. God is preparing us for greatness. Hallelujah. God has somewhere for us to go. He wants to make our name great. He wants to give us double for our trouble. Amen. Get ready. Oh, y'all receive that one. God wants to bring you out greater than what you were before. Oh, amen. God wants to give you double for your trouble. Take your neighbor. Double is coming. Double is coming. Get ready and stay ready because some wrongs, I believe and declare, are getting ready to turn around into some rights in your life. Amen. Amen. And next week, we're going to talk about Jesus and how Jesus is preparing us for something bigger than we can see. Amen. All right. Let us pray. Lord, we just say thank you for... um, Thank you for the words that you're giving to us today. Thank you, Lord, that you know everything that happens in our life, rights and wrongs. And, Lord, we just say thank you, Lord, that you are the author and the creator. You are the beginning and the end, Lord. You have the final say, Lord. And we just say thank you, Lord, when we feel like things don't go our way, we can trust you and you have a plan, a good plan for our life, God. And we just ask you just to be with us today, Lord, because we know we are safe in your arms, Lord. We know that we can trust you. We know that you're spirit is with us. Your spirit is guiding us, God. So help us to be encouraged this week. Lift up our heads and lift up us up in our hearts, God, and help us to be your people in the world this week, God. We thank you, Lord, for the vindication that you have in our lives. Double for our trouble, God. And we thank you have not forgotten us. Lord, if there's anybody in here that needs to know you, we ask you to just stir their hearts right now and bring them to know your son, Jesus Christ, because Jesus is the one that's ultimately gonna right right our wrongs amen amen so we're getting ready to have communion so we're gonna ask you to stand and we're getting ready to sing i believe
together to recite what we believe in our Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, was conceived by the Virgin born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven, and he is seated at the right hand of the Father Almighty. From thence, he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. You may be seated. This is the table of God for the people of God, and we say, thanks, thanks be to God. Our Lord and Savior invites all of us who believe in him, all of us, as Pastor Antonio said, that have sinned. We've all done something wrong. And all of us that have confessed that sin, repented, and given ourselves to Christ, he invites us to partake in this Holy Communion meal along with him. Saints, we are not to receive this meal without at first acknowledging our sin, confessing those sins in our hearts, and receiving forgiveness. So at this time, let us all silently pray to God. Amen. For those of us that are joining online, please take the moment at this time to get your communion elements. And for those that are uh, worshiping and serving communion with children, we do uh, allow children to partake and receive a communion here at the church if they have been baptized as well. Let us join in, in our communion. Hear what Jesus Christ promises. Happy are those who hunger and thirst for what is right. They shall be satisfied. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. 
never be hungry. The one who believes in me will never thirst. This is also the word of the Lord. All those whom I love, I correct and discipline. Therefore, shake off your complacency and repent. See, I stand knocking at the door. If anyone listens to my voice and opens the door, I will go in and dine. Let us open our hearts to the Lord. Let us open every door of our lives to God. Lift up your hearts. We lift them to the Lord. Holy God, we praise you for your son, Jesus, who shared our weaknesses and was tempted in every way as we are who obeys you by suffering and dying for us. You have raised him to rule the world and have given Jesus a name above every name, Lord and Christ. We praise him. <laughs> and we glorify you, great God, our creator. Now give us your spirit in the breaking of the bread and the sharing of the cup so that by your power we may be drawn together made one with Jesus, who is the way, the truth, and the life. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Praise God. Well, church, we have it on good report on the night that Jesus Christ was betrayed. He took bread and broke it. And after giving thanks, he said, this is my body, which is broken for you. Whenever you eat of it, do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he took the cup, and after saying thanks, he said, This is the new covenant which is sealed in my blood. Whenever you drink of this, do so in remembrance of me. The body of Christ, the bread of heaven. The blood of Christ, the cup of salvation. Amen. Bountiful God, let's pray together. Bountiful God, we give you thanks that you have refreshed us at your table by granting us the presence of Christ. Strengthen our faith, increase our love for one another, and send us forth into the world in courage and peace, rejoicing in the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Let's all stand, and we're going to sing, Thank You, Lord.
be seated briefly for a little bit of good news today. Thank you, Pastor Antonia. Thank you, thank you, thank you. God is faithful as we continue to work toward greatness. Tell your neighbor, get ready and stay ready. Praise God. What did I do with the bulletin? <laughs> Here it is. Okay, praise God. We do have some birthdays today. Hallelujah. We're celebrating with Janet Oregon. Hallelujah. Janet is right here. Happy birthday. Lori Williams is also celebrating a birthday today. I think she might be out in the fellowship hall. Happy birthday, Lori. And Anastasia Sacaroon, Gail's granddaughter, is celebrating a birthday as well. So we say happy birthday to all our birthday folks. We should be real happy today, saints, because the ushers are going to be selling some gourmet and regular cupcakes. Amen. Y'all got the cupcakes out there? I didn't see them. I hope there's some cupcakes out there. (laughs) All the ministries are being asked to do some sort of fundraiser to help contribute to the uh, to the building fund and to the roof. So the ushers have decided on selling cupcakes. And even if they're not there today, don't worry, they'll be back next week. <laughs> so bring your dollars and your increments to, uh, to go ahead and purchase a cupcake. We do have a call session this week on Wednesday, August 10th at 6 o'clock p.m. in person and on Zoom. Saints, we are getting ready to celebrate our ninth anniversary as a church together. Can you all believe that? It has been nine years that we have been together. And so in September, we have a lot of events planned, a lot of fun stuff to celebrate our anniversary together. So we're asking you all to get ready. Tell your neighbor, get ready (laughs) and stay ready. So what we would like is to make sure everyone has matching T-shirts, our New Life at Calvary T-shirts. Some of you have them. Maybe you only got the blue on the first go-round, and you want to get a different color this go-round. Some of you never got a T-shirt. And so we do have order forms. Oh, wave, wave your order form. So there you go. They're, they're these peachy color ones. They're in the back. And you can fill out your order forms. You have this Sunday and next Sunday. The orders need to be placed no later than Tuesday, August 16th, so that we have time to get them back. And if you need help, please, please let one of us know. We want everybody on our anniversary Sunday to show up with our New Life at Calvary uh, gear on. So get ready, neighbors, and stay ready. The Adult Sunday School has resumed classes in the Zoom room. This week, say this week. We will have our praise dance concert right here in, the, in our January, amen? It's going to be a two-day event. It's called What's Left Unspoken, and it's featuring dancers from New Life at Calvary and the community. And this is to help us to help young people deal with their mental health issues. COVID has been brutal on our young people. That quarantine took so much of their lives away, saints. And they have learned creatively how to deal with their sadness, their depression, their anxiety. And so we want to support them. If you're able to come out to the dance, it's at 6 o'clock. Please come out and, and celebrate with them and help them. They will have refreshments for sale. And we need some volunteers. Say volunteers. volunteers. Tell your neighbor she's talking to you. Tell your other neighbor she's talking to me too. <laughs> Come 
out. We need some help with doors and bringing people in and make sure people get seated. So if you're able to come out and volunteer for that event, please come a little early, earlier than 6 o'clock. We do offer condolences to Rufus Sims and Gwen Coates and their entire family and the loss of their sister, Shirley Shadwick. Am I? Oh, her son. So your nephew, your nephew, our nephew. So Lawrence was his name? Lawrence Larry passed away on August the 3rd. So we do offer your family condolences. Do you know if there's a service or anything? Not yet. Was he local? Oh, it's in Georgia. So please pray for both Rufus and and Gwen. I'm saying Yvonne. (laughs) Rufus and Gwen and Yvonne at the loss of their nephew. Saints, um, Gail was, uh, it's funny how God shows us some things sometimes. But Gail was watching the Today Show and she saw that there is a new way to contact help when you're having a, a mental health emergency. You know how we dial 911? Well, now you can dial 988. Say 988. 988 is the new emergency number to call if you're having a mental health crisis or you're dealing with someone that's having a mental health crisis. You can also text 741. Say 741. 741. It's 741, 741. And we tried it in the office, and it really works, you all. They do help. It is a a person that will come on the telephone and talk you through your crisis and get you some support. And they text back, too. I thought that was fascinating. I was like, wow, I'm getting a lot of help on this text. So if you or a loved one is dealing with a crisis, what's the number you call? Or text? Though, just like we know 911, we have to know these two numbers as well. Pastor Antonio, are you still doing the uh, piano lessons? Okay. <laughs> They're almost done. So we need school supplies. Tell your neighbor school supplies. <laughs> yes, we had some come in the building this morning, but we need more. We, are, we usually give out about 100 packets of of school supplies to kids in our church and our community so if you got some crayons some pencils some rulers and all of that stuff glue we need it so if you could turn in your school supplies by friday august 19th those school supply packets will be given out at the young entrepreneurs event and so we need you to come out and support the youth in this month saints the young people have a lot of things happening and we truly need your help Sharon Thomas have sent up a couple of announcements at Rocket Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse. They are hiring, hallelujah. So you need a job or you know somebody need a job? See Sharon right after church. It's for the Cavs, right? It's Cavs.com backslash jobs. Sharon also wants to know everyone to know this is her last Sunday before her surgery and that uh, next Sunday she'll be celebrating her 50th high school reunion. Praise God. And I think uh, uh, um, Glenn is with you, right? Okay, so Glenville High School is celebrating reunions. So uh, please, Sharon is asking that we would keep her in prayer for her surgery. And when we do the benediction, Sharon, we're going to have you come up so that we can pray for you. And... um, you all that like concerts, it's a co- couple of concerts that we're going to put in the 
bulletin next week, but if you're interested in Pastor Shirley Caesar's concert on September the 11th, or this other one, Fall Classic Greek Concert, I do have the flyers, and we'll give that, get that information out as soon as possible. But if you want it earlier, the flyers are up here. All right, did I get all the announcements? Oh, go ahead. Facebook. <laughs> Check one. Okay, there you go. Uh, John Webb, who used to be a member of our church, he was able to, he auditioned for the senior Cavalier cheerleaders and got in. Yeah, I thought that was really nice. You know John is the answer anyway. <laughs> He's a TikTok person. <laughs> but he did make the cheerleaders, the senior cheerleaders, for the cast. Wow, that's a problem yeah. because on TikTok, he's doing all those dances yeah. with his wife. Yeah. I, it's a, I didn't even know it was called a senior cheerleader. It's, it's senior cheerleader. It's yeah. a group for the senior cheerleaders. Yeah. yeah. They're called the Wine and Goldies. Right. <laughs> so John Webb is an John official is. Wine yeah. and Goldie. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Thank you for sharing that. And the other one, if... Say if, if you have nothing else to do this evening and it's nice outside and it's hot, Carrie and I are part of a concert, driveway concert in Tremont. It's absolutely free. You can drive up in your car, sit in your car and listen to us uh, play and sing songs in, in the driveway. The address, Tremont, is 4016 John Avenue in Tremont, 44113, so the near west side. One more time. 4016 John Avenue. It's absolutely free. Bring a chair if you want to sit there. We're there from 5 o'clock to 6.30. So we're going to have, Amari, if you're watching online, see how good our young people are at working <laughs> our systems. Amari, go ahead and put this in the text and send it out to everyone. It's Four zero one six John Avenue. John Avenue. So yeah. go ahead and put that in the text and send it out as a text message so it's the church absolutely will have it. free and it's free. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, Gwen, for those additional announcements. Did anyone have anything else to share? Hmm? Oh, okay. Is it in the book? Okay, just to let you know that if you are uh, the, wondering, the paint and praise will be on August 19th. Uh, and those that came before will get a discount. So make sure to talk to myself or Pastor Antonia about signing up for that. And uh, Walter, did, late Pastor Walter, just handed me a note. Search committee, we're going to have a 20-minute meeting. Um, we're at, in the chapel, in the in the chapel, to discuss some um, steps about moving forward with the committee. So if you, you all can meet in the chapel for about 20 minutes and prayer. Thank you. <laughs> all right, if we could all rise for the benediction. And again, thank you all for being here. It's so nice to see you all together in worship. And thank you all for those that have been online. If we could uh, reach a hand forward to pray for Sharon and Pastor Antonia, if you would anoint her. Gracious and holy God, we thank you, Lord, that you bring us through. We thank you, Lord, for Sharon's journey and all the many ways, Lord, that you have consistently delivered her, Lord. She sings that song, I'm safe in your arms, Lord Jesus. 
As she goes into the hospital for surgery, Lord, we pray, Holy Spirit, that you would bind anything of the enemy today, Lord. We all say, get thee behind me, Satan, in the name of Jesus, Lord. And we pray, Holy Spirit, that all will go well. Heal Sharon's body. Touch the hands of the doctors and the nurses and the caregivers of the hospital, Lord, to provide for her and to take care of her, Lord. And we all stand and agree, Lord, that you have already given her the victory, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for all today, Lord, that are going through health issues and ailments today, Lord, surgeries of many kind. And we praise you, Lord, for healing. We praise you for victory. And we thank you and we honor you. In the name of Jesus Christ, Lord, as we prepare, Lord, to depart from this place, but never, ever from your sight, Lord Jesus, we take with us, Lord, not our own greatness, but your greatness, Lord. Lead us into the promised land. Help us, Lord, to to be kind and loving and gracious this week. Help us to be mindful, Lord, that you will make every wrong into a right. And we thank you and we honor you. In the mighty and holy name of Jesus Christ, we pray. And all God's people said, amen and amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, I'm so glad you came to church today. Pause, pause. Now, Gail, everybody, when I said, did anybody have an announcement? Gail didn't say one word. (laughs) We do want to say thank you. Uh, Lorene Beach did take us on a wonderful trip to Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Many of us went, and uh, we had a wonderful time seeing the Daniel, the David play, not Daniel, the David play. Uh, uh, Gail went, Felicia went, uh, Pat Rouse went, a bunch of us went. And so we say thank you for your prayers and your support of the trip. Now I'll tell your neighbor I'm mighty glad you came to church today. (laughs) 